Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. I've got a big cup of coffee here and uh, two bottles of water, and I'm fired up. Fired up to do a great show tonight. My name is Jim Paris. Of course, this is Jim Paris Live. We are live on Sunday nights. And if you want to stay in touch with me during the week, be sure and check out all of my social media activity. You can do that by going to my main website, christianmoney.com. I'm very active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram TV. I even have an account with this new deal called TikTok. I, I don't quite, I'm not quite sure what it is. It's new and the really super young people are into it. And I thought, well... I'll get involved, see what happens. Maybe it'll be the next Facebook. Who knows? Probably not. (laughs) It's very confusing. Uh, Check it out at TikTok, T-I-K-T-O-K, if you want to look into that. Also, I beg you, I plead plead with you, I need iTunes reviews. And let me tell you why that is. Um, By the way, we've got a big guest tonight coming up in 28 minutes. Pastor Paul Begley is with us. Bible prophecy guy, and we've got so much to talk to him about. There's earthquakes going on right now in the Philippines, in Puerto Rico. Uh, we, we've got, of course, a lot of news about Iran. We'll get into all of that. So let me tell you kind of the history. So we started the show five and a half years ago, and we started with a national radio network. Part of the deal with the radio network was that about every 10 minutes I had to go to a commercial break. And that began as a three-minute commercial break, and then later they changed it to a four-minute commercial break. So additionally, in my contract, if I put my show online for replay, I had to leave all those commercials in. So I stand right now with a 3.8 rating on iTunes. And the reason I don't have a higher rating, and you can read the reviews for yourself, is because I had commercials in the show which really wasn't my fault. I couldn't take them out. There was nothing I could do about it. It was just how it was. So as of June of this year, we are now commercial-free. So that is really a game-changer. But the bad news is all of my old reviews about the show having too many commercials and people not giving me the five stars are still there affecting my rating. And just to tell you how big of a difference you individually can make in the future of this show... In the last five and a half years, only 23 people have left a review over at iTunes. Only 23. So if tonight, you know, five or ten of you are so kind as to go over and leave a one-sentence review and give me the five stars, that really rounds up my score. And that score needs to be really 4.0 or better for the show to really start growing. I mean, we're starting to see significant growth but I want to kind of put it into you know, hyperspeed, and I need to get that rating to 4.0 or better. And it might just take two or three or four people 
that are willing to go over to iTunes, do a review, give me the five stars. So I ask you to do that. Please help me out with that. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is the show. We continue to want to keep the show commercial free, as I just said. That's the plan. In order to do that, every week we have to have just a quick sponsor mention. So we have a sponsor every week that underwrites the cost of the show for the week. And I've got a really cool one for you. Um, this is something that uh, a lot of people are excited about. I want to tell you about it just briefly. If you are a fan of Trump, which I know a lot of you are, there's a really neat collectible item you can get for free. And it is a Trump victory coin. And this is not a coin minted by the U.S. Mint or anything like that. It is a collector's coin uh, that has been created, and it is really beautiful. And I'm sure down the road it'll be, you know, a, a sought-after collectible. I was thinking about this earlier today many, many years ago, and I still have it. My grandparents gave me an Oral Roberts collectible coin, and they were donors to Oral Roberts. This must have been in the 19, early 1970s. And I still have that coin today. I have a little bit of a coin collection, nothing worth much, but more memories, uh, things that have significant meaning to me personally. And that Oral Roberts coin is still in that box with all of my other collectible coins. Uh, this is really neat. It's a Trump victory coin, and it's free. You just pay for the shipping and handling. I ordered my own just a few minutes ago. And uh, it's really neat. I want you to check it out. Here's tonight's sponsor, coin.christianmoney.com. Go over there, grab a free Trump coin. You'll pay the shipping and handling. And they give us, I think, two or three bucks for every one of these free coins that our listeners pick up. So this is a cool thing for you. Maybe you'll get a few of them as gifts. We're getting like two bucks, I think, two, three bucks for every one of these that people grab. And it's free. You just pay your own shipping. And again, if you want the free Trump victory coin, go to coin.christianmoney.com. Coin.christianmoney.com. As I mentioned a moment ago, Paul Bagley will be here. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yes, he'll be here tonight. Uh, in about 23 minutes, we're going to be talking about everything happening in the news and Bible prophecy, and he's such a great guest. Next week we have Robert Sullivan, who I think he hasn't been with us in about a year. This will be his third time on the show. And he has a, a book out called Cinema Symbolism. And it's really neat because there are a lot of hidden messages in movies. And he put, a, put together a whole book breaking down these hidden messages and what they mean. He's also an aficionado about the movie industry, and I want to talk to him next week about really, you know, what's happening in the whole, you know, uh, movie industry with Hollywood, with all of these services like Netflix and Amazon now creating their own movies. Uh, just a lot of changes happening with regards to that. My wife and I were out this weekend in Jacksonville. We ended up at a vintage shop, and it was so interesting to see in the window of this vintage shop they had for sale an old movie projector, like the kind that would be used in a movie theater. They also had a canister and a reel, and, and it was amazing how big the film was, you know, back in the day, you know, and, and, and if a movie was delivered to a theater, uh, these 
uh, one canister would be just part of the movie. So typically they'd have to change the film like two or three times in the movie. And being a film operator was a really big deal, you know, back in the day. You had to really know what you were doing. And uh, it's just interesting to see how things have changed. And so we'll be talking about the movie industry and all of that and also these hidden symbols inside movies next week with our special guest, Robert Sullivan, his book, Cinema Symbolism. Okay, so a lot of things happening in the news. Let's get into it in our news segment here. The impeachment articles that Nancy Pelosi has been holding on to. I don't know what she was thinking. It's like, we're going to get the impeachment approved, and then I'm just going to sit on this. I'm not going to come out of the locker room at halftime, basically, is is what the plan was. It seems like the plan has imploded, and nobody's really even considering impeachment, uh, removal of offices, as even anything remotely possible. So it looks like the impeachment articles are coming this week. There might be a trial this week, probably not. Probably it'll be a week or two out from now, and it's expected to be a very quick trial. It might even only be just one day, and then it's over, and Trump is acquitted, and life goes on, and, and all of that. Um, I, w- I wanted to get into a little bit about Iran and everything going, uh, everything going on over there um, when Pastor Paul joins us uh, in a few minutes, but I just wanted to mention, if you haven't been following the news, there are massive protests going on in Iran right now after Iran finally admitted that it shot down that Ukrainian commercial flight earlier this week. And the people at these vigils, which have turned into riots, are chanting death to liars, and they're calling for the leaders of Iran to step down. So it very well could be that Trump may bring down the regime there in Iran without really firing another another shot. I mean, it might just be a revolution that takes place, which would not be uh, something that would come as a total surprise, as many people have considered that a real possibility for some years now. So that is going on in Iran. We'll talk to Pastor Paul Begley more about that in a few moments. All right, I want to talk about the Epstein case, and I want to combine that by also talking about Prince Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family. And I'm somebody that's not a big believer in coincidences. So when just a few hours after the Iranians bombed our uh, bases in Iraq, just a few hours, three hours later, I think it was, that this Ukrainian commercial flight goes up in flames and crashes, a lot of people said, well, just a, just a coincidence that there was a plane crash within three hours of this missile attack. Well, it turns out that it wasn't a coincidence, and I was one of the first ones to speak out and say, uh, something's not right here. This, this, this just doesn't seem right, that just three, four hours after this missile attack, now this, this plane crashes, uh, you know, coming out of Iran. It just didn't add up to me. In the same way, I'm wondering, and maybe some of you will think I'm being too much of a conspiracy theorist here, but I'm kind of curious about the timing of Prince Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family at the very same time when Prince uh, Andrew was just kicked out of the royal family, basically. Now, listen to what I have to say on this, because you kind of have to kind of connect the dots here. I was reading online, and by the way, um, there is a podcast 
called Fatal Voyage, which you can get anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, uh, Google Play, wherever. And one of the series that you can listen to inside of that podcast is about the death, the very suspicious death of Princess Diana, which that's a case that has never really, uh, just never set right with me, that there's something more to that. And boy, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this podcast. I haven't listened to all of the episodes, but these are the same people that did the investigative podcast on the um, uh, death of Natalie Wood, which is another case that just doesn't set right with me. But I digress. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan are leaving the royal family. As, as it's being put in the media, they are, quote-unquote, quitting the royal family at the same time that Prince Andrew is being, in essence, kicked out of the royal family. Now, that could just be a coincidence, but I, I just don't think so. And let me tell you where I'm going with this. What if this whole Epstein deal, which I have been saying now for weeks, is far more involved than just Jeffrey Epstein getting young girls for Prince Andrew? I think there's way more to it than that. And I think it goes deep into the finances of a lot of people, a lot of super wealthy people. And if you look into the queen and the money uh, of the monarchy, it's really shrouded in mystery. It really is. I sent my producer this afternoon a link to a book that's all about this, the mystery of the money behind the queen and the monarchy. And yes, they do get money every year from the taxpayers in the United Kingdom. I think it's around $50 million, which is kind of a drop in the bucket, though, compared to the other wealth that they have. And it's really shrouded in mystery. And nobody really knows what the queen is worth uh, and the monarchy, monarchy, monarchy is worth. Um, it's in the billions of dollars, B, uh, billions with a B. It is in the billions of dollars. And there's a lot of weird things going on. Like, uh, I was reading that nobody really knows where their money, like the banking is secret. You know, it's not like somebody can just go on a computer and pull up the Queen's bank account. They have secrecy in, in their financial accounts. They also... I think they get complete uh, freedom from taxes on their money. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. I read a couple of articles that mentioned that uh, earlier in the day, uh, the tax-free nature of their money. Um, what if, and I'm just throwing this out there, I don't know. What if there's some really sinister financial dealings between Epstein and the monarchy in the UK and their money. Or even worse, what if they were really aware of this involvement of Prince Andrew with these young women, and it's a lot worse than we even know about. It's not just the one or two women that were uh, you know, 16, 17 years old, that maybe it's a lot worse and maybe it goes a lot deeper and darker when it involves other members of the royal family. I just don't know. 
but it just seems to me to be odd timing. Like, think about it from this standpoint. If you're Prince Harry and you have no involvement in any, any of this stuff, but you're just kind of a, I don't know, you would call it just a, a small player. You're, you're kind of on the, the outskirts of, of all of the stuff that's going on. In fact, I thought it was just dehumanizing the reference made in the media to um, apparently the Queen refers to Prince Harry as a spare. That's what she calls him, a spare. And apparently others in the royal family that are not the first in line uh, to, to you know, uh, move up in power are also called spares. I just find that dehumanizing. And uh, I guess they call, they've got uh, William is the heir and Harry is the spare. Well, you know what, if, if I were a spare, I mean, it's bad enough in a family if you're like kind of the middle child or, you know, sometimes if there's four or five kids in a family, you're kind of somewhere in the middle of that pack and you're not getting the attention of everybody else and you sort of don't fit in. You're not the oldest. You're not the youngest. You're not the cutest. You're just kind of there. You're, you're in, a, in a family and you're just kind of playing a, a bit role. That would be tough in and of itself. But uh, maybe there's a lot more to this. Maybe it's not just that Harry feels minimized, wants to play a bigger role. Um, the idea that, that he just up and left the country and apparently the queen is demanding that within 72 hours that a deal is made um, regarding his future. That there's, you know, the, it almost seems like the mafia to me. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but it almost seems like the mafia. You, you, you can't quit. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't leave the mafia except in a body bag. And, you know, I, I don't know how common this really is of people, quote unquote, quitting the royal family. I mean, I don't know my history well enough to know if this has really ever happened before, but it sounds like it hasn't. And it sounds like it's just not allowed, that you're not allowed to to quit. And so... Harry and Meghan, they've left. They said they want to split their time between Canada and Southern California. They want to be financially independent. They don't want the money uh, from the monarchy. And apparently a former President Barack Obama and his wife Michelle are coaching Harry and Meghan on uh, setting up their new lives and all of that. I don't know about that. That seems kind of strange. Um, but I guess there's some maybe some similarities there. I mean, the Obamas have some kind of $60 million Netflix deal. So maybe they uh, can connect uh, Prince and Harry to, uh, you know, some media uh, folks to get them uh, started. But I was reading over the weekend that their net worth, the young couple's net worth, uh, who just had their first child, their net worth standing alone separately from the monarchy, they have $33 million dollars. Which, you know what, <laughs> if I had 10% of that, uh, I wouldn't be locked up in, uh, you know, a palace all day. I mean, it's no life. It's almost as if you're a prisoner. But, you know, maybe I'm crazy. I'm curious to hear uh, anybody tonight listening, uh, listening on the podcast, the download, the replay. Shoot me an email um, if you have thoughts on this. Do you think that this is just a mere coincidence that Prince Harry is quitting the royal family at the same time, basically, that Andrew is kicked out? 
I, I'm not so sure that, that this is just a coincidence. I'm starting to wonder that maybe something big is coming with the Epstein case. And uh, man, oh man, if you go online and just type in Jeffrey Epstein and click on the news tab, there is news like every day. I was reading today about a big scandal, uh, about uh, the MIT professor that went along with accepting uh, donations from Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, apparently after uh, Epstein you know, had his conviction uh, for uh, being involved with uh, underage women, he was a convicted sex offender, all of that, and they still took his money. I guess somehow there was a, a scheme to disguise the donations so that it wouldn't come in under his name. And a couple of the articles I read today even link Bill Gates to this. You know, Bill Gates' name keeps coming up in in a lot of these articles. As much as Bill Gates tried to minimize his involvement uh, with Epstein, there's that 2011 New York Times picture with him with Epstein. Now, that's, of course, after Epstein was convicted as a sexual predator. You've got, um, you've got Bill Gates at his house, uh, at Epstein's house in New York. They're taking a picture together. That's in the New York Times. And now these articles are coming out uh, saying that Bill Gates has a lot more explaining to do with regards to sort of being a, a channel for money to flow from Epstein to MIT. And, I mean, these are big organizations, right? I mean, MIT, Harvard, what are they doing uh, trying to sort of launder money to get money from Jeffrey Epstein? I mean, these are places that have billions of dollars of endowments. Why are they taking money from Epstein? This is why I think... Um, you know, it's like the magic trick, you know, don't look at the left hand and then what I'm going to do with my right hand, the coin is going to disappear. Don't look over here, look over here. I think that what we're being led to believe is that this is strictly about uh, the sexual predator issue and that these, you know, few million, few million dollar donations here and there. I think there's stuff going on that is just so much bigger than any of that. Um, and why in the world? I mean, a guy like Bill Gates, who's worth billions upon billions upon billions, why in the world would he be involved with Jeffrey Epstein? I mean, $8 million, $10 million helping to get that to MIT. I mean, that's like that's like a tip he would leave at Denny's. I mean, this is just none of this makes any sense. You know, I'm a financial guy, and I try to connect the dots on this Epstein case, and he, None of it makes any sense to me. I mean, all of a sudden now, we have no video of him committing suicide. So, so the camera that was filming his cell, uh, cell block, that camera was not on. Then we were told, well, the camera was on when he attempted to commit suicide. So at least we can have that to show that he was suicidal and two weeks beforehand attempted to commit suicide. So we're, we were told that that video existed. Now we're told that it was accidentally deleted. It's, it's not there anymore. There's just too many things you have to believe. I mean, look at it this way. If you showed up at two o'clock in the morning with, with these kinds of explanations <laughs> to your wife, you'd be sleeping in the backyard, <laughs> if not running from shotgun uh, shells. I mean, they're expecting us to believe just nonsense about this Epstein case. So anyway, I have a close eye on this, and I'm just wondering, 
you know, why is the Queen demanding that Harry and Meghan make a deal within 72 hours? I bet you there's some kind of non-disclosure agreement that they want them to sign. Uh, Or some kind of deal where, hey, you're going to get X amount of dollars if you keep your mouth shut about all the stuff you know. Can you imagine what probably Harry knows? I mean, all the way back to the mysterious death of Princess Diana, all of the uh, women that his father, Charles, has been involved in, all of the uh, dirty dealings, possibly uh, you know, mysterious financial dealings of the monarchy, and on and on and on. Uh, man, oh man, I'll tell you. I think something big might be about to come out with that. All right, one last thing before we get to our guest tonight. Uh, Bitcoin. Um, if you're somebody like me that is an investor in Bitcoin, it is. Uh, it was interesting to watch what happened when it became a possibility. Um, I don't know, maybe a 50-50 chance that we were going to go into a full-scale war with Iran. Of course, that did not happen. We'll be talking with Pastor Paul Begley about that in a moment. Um, we did not go to war with Iran, but what, what I found fascinating, and a lot of financial people did, was how Bitcoin was really taking on the role of a safe haven, and it was moving up rapidly with the price of gold as the war drums were, were being uh, beaten, and that is interesting to me. There's been a lot of speculation about Bitcoin as a safe haven that maybe it's a place for people to put money during times of crisis. I'm not 100% sure that I'm convinced that it is a safe haven like gold, but what it could have been is people in Iran, people in the Middle East, that wanted to get their money out of their own currency into a more stable currency might have been shifting money into Bitcoin. And it doesn't take a lot of inflows into Bitcoin, for it to begin to go up in value uh, dramatically. And this, of course, I talk about in my book, The 90-Minute Bitcoin Quick Start, how when the small island off of the coast of Greece, the island of Cyprus, that small country, they were going to, they started this bail-in where they were actually taking depositors' money and taking it from them. They were, they were stealing a percentage of their bank account balances to uh, settle their, their uh, national debt issues. Well, that was really the beginning burst of Bitcoin. And I talk about that in my book, that people were expatriating their currency from the country of Cyprus into Bitcoin as a, as a way to simply get out of their currency and get into another currency. And so I think that was probably more what was going on than people simply buying Bitcoin as an alternative to gold, but maybe a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of both. Not 100% sure yet, though, that I'm ready to say that uh, Bitcoin is is sort of, you know, like the new gold. All right. Um, this story I found fascinating. I do know that fast food restaurants have a really hard time. Um, oh, wait a minute here. I'm getting a message from my producer about Pastor Paul. Okay, no, uh, yes, my producer's asking me if we have Pastor Paul on our studio line yet. No, we do not. Uh, Just mention that to our producer real quick. We don't have him on the line yet. 
Uh, but uh, we've got two or three more minutes, so uh, you can keep working on that. Uh, but anyway, back to what I was talking about. Fast food restaurants are struggling to get employees. Um, the problem, of course, is obvious. I mean, I grew up in Chicago. I worked in a restaurant business from the time I was 14 until I was 18 and I went off to college. And when I came back during the summers, I, I did pizzas. I, you know, I delivered pizzas, all of that. So, you know, on and off, I probably had a good five, six years in the restaurant business in one form or another. And um, driving pizzas was good. I, I made good money doing that. But <laughs> otherwise, it was kind of, you know, minimum wage type work. And that's the kind of work that you get. But I found this story to be absolutely fascinating. And I see Pastor Paul is on our newsmaker line, just mentioning that to our producer, Joy, and we'll get with him in just one moment after I give people the payoff pitch on this story. So did this catch my attention this week when I saw that Taco Bell is now paying their store managers as much as $100,000 a year as their salaries? Now, this is not at every Taco Bell. It is at certain Taco Bell locations. But I thought to myself, you know, <laughs> if there's any sign that Trump has really taken this economy to new heights, the idea that you could manage a Taco Bell and get a six-figure income. And there's so many things I could say about this, but, but first of all, I mean, maybe there's some young person listening and you're thinking about going to college, which is not a bad thing, but if you're going to go to college and get into all that debt, I mean, there's a smart way to do it, and then there's the dumb way to do it. But think about this. Why not uh, work your way up at Taco Bell to be a manager? I mean, you could just manage for a couple of years and take that cash and go pay cash for college. I mean, $100,000, and I'm sure these are in the more expensive markets. Uh, you know, they've got to pay people that kind of money. But I don't care anywhere you live, $100,000 a year, that's a, that's a good paycheck. And the idea now that uh, the fast food restaurants are doing so well that they've got money to pay hundred grand to a store manager at Taco Bell. I know that some of these places, like you know, a Starbucks, some of these Starbucks managers are making fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. But uh, this just kind of blew my mind this week. A hundred thousand dollars for managing a Taco Bell. Wow. <laughs> so the next time you go through the drive-thru and you order that chalupa, don't feel so bad about the. Uh, people, you know, working in the middle of the night making those tacos for you because probably at least one of them is is making more money than you're making. Uh, and that's that's the bottom line about that. All right, we will refire the open. We'll be back in one minute with our special guest and good friend, Pastor Paul Bagley. Stay tuned. We'll be back in one minute. 